Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, nurse scientist and healthcare sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. On the podcast, I interview nurses working at the intersection of health and environment. I'm speaking with Gloria Barrera, school nurse in the Chicago area, on the board of directors of the National Association of Hispanic Nurses, Illinois chapter, and president-elect of the Illinois Association of School Nurses. Gloria has been engaged in many issues related to public health, children's health, and climate change. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm very pleased to have Gloria Barrero with me today. She is a school nurse and um, and in a leadership position in school nursing in the Chicago area. Welcome, Gloria. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, tell us a bit about yourself and your nursing background to start with. Sure. Um, First, I wanted to say Happy New Year, uh, the year of the nurse. So that's really fitting that we're doing this today. Um, Thanks again for the warm welcome and for having me. Uh, So I've been a nurse for 12 years. I dedicated my career to public health nursing, uh, specializing in school nursing. So I'm currently um, a certified school nurse for a public high school in a large suburb uh, right outside of Chicago. I'm also an adjunct professor at um, several universities um, and have been teaching for the past five years. I do enjoy it very much, Um, most notably at DePaul University, Capella University, and my alma mater, St. Xavier University. Um, My passion is public health, and I'm committed to improving child health outcomes in our most vulnerable populations uh, through my practice, teaching, and active involvement uh, with various professional nursing organizations that align with my personal mission, mission, which include uh, Annie. I currently hold leadership roles uh, within the National Association of Hispanic Nurses, that's the Illinois chapter, and the Illinois Association of School Nurses. Terrific. Thank you. Have you always been interested in um, adolescence or children? Were you uh, when you started out in nursing or did you discover school nursing along the way? Um, Well, I started off in trauma nursing and I I wasn't really happy um, doing that. But I I do recall um, just having a a fondness for for public health when I did my community health rotation um, in nursing school. So that's that's what I decided to um, to go back to. and, And I and I loved it. That's great. And and it, when you were working in public health or even in school, uh, did you at that point think about school nursing? It, it's just interesting. I know some other uh, school nurses who are really committed and very passionate about it. And um, so I'm just kind of curious about what sparked your interest or what motivates you uh, beyond prevention and uh, your commitment to public health and to upstream thinking about disease, et cetera. Right. Right. Um, I I would say that um, it it kind of was a a perfect fit for me. Um, I always wondered, um, dealing with patients at the bedside, what happened with them after, um, and just having that continuity of care um, was something that just uh, sparks my my interest and keeps me motivated. Um, But I think that uh, having a, a conversation with my previous um, school nurse when I was a student, um, that, that kind of just, uh, solidified my passion for school nursing. Mm-hmm. So I, I called her up on the phone, um, after a, a particularly hard shift, um, and, and just kind of asked her, you know, how, how did you become a school nurse and what do I have to do to, to, to go into this profession, um, the specialty. So, um, I haven't looked back since. That's great. 
so just tell me a little bit about what's your what's your day like you're in a high school what do you, what sorts of things do you do and what are your biggest challenges I guess or what are you what do you work on in terms of prevention sure um I think uh daily it, it can be um the the routine can be um kind of uh chaotic. It's not something that's, that's set. Um, what is said is, uh, daily medications and, um, daily management of, uh, chronic health issues such as, uh, diabetes. But, um, when, when you're looking at the bigger picture, uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, different issues that, that go through a, a nurse's office, uh, at a school, just like you would find at, um, at any, at any other, uh, community health clinic. And are there more than one nurse at your school? Yes. So I'm fortunate that I uh, that I work with another full time um, RN, and then also we have a, a secretary. Okay, that's great. And how big is the school? Did you say? Um, so currently, we service about three thousand students. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you have all sorts of interesting things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so because this podcast is about environment and health. What are some of the issues that come up or that you think about in terms of your age group, your population and environment? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do stress that a healthy environment is the key to a healthy life. Um, the CDC identifies uh, asthma as a leading chronic illness and cause of uh, chronic absenteeism in school-aged children and adolescents. So as a school nurse here in Illinois, um, I have noticed an increase in the amount of students with asthma. Um, so to address this concern, I've focused on ensuring better management of asthma in my school and on raising awareness and education about the impact of air quality um, on student health. So we know that exposure to poor air quality impacts health by contributing to adverse outcomes such as premature death, cancer, cardiovascular, and respiratory harm. Um, so action to decrease air pollution in a public um, you know, in a public school and just in public health in general is a priority uh, to create healthy environments for all. Um, so I've been an active member of Annie since 2016. Um, I'm currently on both the Global Climate Change and Policy Committee of Annie. Um, I had the amazing opportunity to go to uh, DC. I was actually flown in um, in June of 2016 through Annie and met with uh, my elected officials to advocate for methane emission regulation to reduce air pollution from oil and gas production. Um, and other policies that would improve uh, air quality for communities, especially for, for children. Um, so the credibility and influence um, that I didn't quite know we had as nurses uh, to speak about the climate change making us sick was empowering and is something that, that still motivates me today, um, as I'm sure it does to many uh, other members of Annie. Um, and in my teaching, I, I make it a point to note that critical nature of our environment and how we as nurses must advocate for our patients and the populations we serve. Um, lastly, the, as the most trusted profession in the U.S., uh, I think we must be in a position to be knowledgeable and credible on environmental health issues. Right. Yeah, that's great. Um, the advocacy role is so important, both in a formal way, as you had the experience in DC. And also even just as you were talking about um, working toward clean air in your community. Mm -hmm. So let's just dive into that a little bit in terms of asthma, which we know is on the rise uh, across the nation and across the globe. 
partly related to, um, you know, everyday things like traffic and sometimes related to hopefully less common things like wildfires. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, from our industrial pollution, including that from power plants. Um, so how big of a problem or is it a problem about regarding air quality in the schools themselves? I'm not familiar with it. Is that something that you all monitor or try and work on? Do you know if there are exacerbations that are related to the school buildings? Um, I think that uh, healthy healthy communities and healthy environments, uh, there's an initiative uh, to look at um, just the quality of school buildings in general. Um, we don't monitor them per se, but I think that is something that, that we should look at um, with, with joining uh, the National Association of School Nurses um, and Annie. So, so right now, um, we, we are not uh, partners, um, but I think that's something that, that we can definitely work towards. Um, that, that is one of my goals for this year as I take on a, a leadership role with uh, the Illinois Association of School Nurses. Um, I would like to see NASN become a member of the Nursing Collaborative on Climate Change and Health. Mm -hmm. And then together we can work collaboratively, collaboratively on real solutions um, on addressing climate change and its impact on health disparities for our nation's children. Um, I would like to point out that as of September of 2019, um, it, it was a, a position statement of NASN uh, that climate change is a serious threat and present danger to health. Um, to the health, safety, well-being, and future of our nation's children. Um, climate change effects include increased rates and severity of communicable and non-communicable diseases, severe weather events, threats to the food and water supply, uh, negative impacts on mental health, and exacerbation of social and health inequities. So in addition, uh, detrimental climate-related effects um, are harming the ecosystems in which we live. Uh, so children are among the most vulnerable to see these threats, especially those who live in poverty, um, and they suffer from you know, chronic disease and are otherwise disadvantaged. Um, so I think that that is one way that NASN and uh, Annie can, um, can, can better work on solutions. Yes, definitely. There's a lot to be done, isn't there, regarding yeah. regarding climate? And, and we talk about nurses do, and especially any nurses do, talk a lot about the health impacts of climate change. And we, we can see them. We can read about them. We can study them. We are experiencing them in the uh, patients and we see, and in your case, probably some of the students you see. Um, mm -hmm. what, what would you say is the appetite, either in the school systems or in your communities or state, for um, talking about and addressing climate change as a significant health issue? That's a good question. I think the, the, the need is, is there for more knowledge and um, just having that empowerment as nurses. Um, I would like to shift a little bit um, and talk about the National Association of Hispanic Nurses um, because we are part of uh, the, the Nursing Collaborative on Climate Change and Health. Um, so the National Association of Hispanic Nurses, uh, the Illinois chapter, is a nonprofit professional nursing organization uh, representing the voices of Latinx nurses and are committed to increasing the number of bilingual and bicultural nurses, as well as building the next generation of nurse leaders. Um, so like I said, we are a member of uh, the collaborative. 
Um, and, and we know that certain communities, such as the Latinx community, um, have a greater vulnerable vulnerability to climate-related health risks based on their social determinants of health. Um, so uh, interestingly enough, and, and I'm proud to say that I'm the conference planning chair of uh, the non-Illinois first annual conference uh, that's going to be held on October 16th of this year, and it'll be titled uh, Diversity and Inclusion in Healthcare, a focus on social determinants of health and the professional nurse's role. Um, so I am planning on having a speaker from Annie uh, discuss climate change. Um, at last year's national conference, um, non actually had Katie Huffling present on this such topic, and I believe it was very impactful for all those in attendance that hadn't even known that Annie existed. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is a great need for all nurses to be aware of climate change and understand their power um, as the most trusted professional in the U.S. Uh, to discuss this. Yes, absolutely. And also, as you say, a greater awareness of our diversity, equity, and inclusion challenges as well, because I'm really thrilled that you are a leader in the National Association of Hispanic Nurses, as well as you you know, I'm sure Annabelle Castro-Thompson, who's on the yes. Annie board now. Mm -hmm. And we're really pleased about that because nursing still is so, um, so many women. I mean, I think it's still in the 90 percentile mm -hmm. and still probably, um, I don't know the racial um, um uh, dispersion as well. I just know in the studies I do, mostly it's probably 70 to 80% Caucasian. So I feel mm -hmm. like we're, you know, we, we have not adequately addressed that because our population is not that way, the populations that we treat. So um, I'm glad to hear that you're really working on that as well. It's an important uh, issue. And, and I, from my perspective, still a gap. Do you see it that way? Yes, I do. And um, yeah, I would like to, to thank um, Annabelle. Um, she, she's been wonderful and a great advocate for um, for this, you know, collaboration between um, the National Associ Association of Hispanic Nurses and Annie. Um, so I, I think there is great strides to be made, but um, I, I think with that collaboration, we're on the right path. Yeah, good. Great. So um, you've talked a little bit about this, but I imagine you could put some words to it in terms of by helping to build those bridges between professional nurses and environment, particularly. Um, it seems clear to me, and you've said so already, that a healthy environment is necessary for good health. Um, so why, why should environmental health be considered a nursing issue? We have lots of other challenges. There's lots of things we're worried about. Nurses in hospitals are so busy they can barely get through their day. But why would you say, if you were going to try and make that case, that environmental health is also a nursing issue? Um, I think that, um, and it's already been said, it, it's probably the number one uh, uh, public health issue right now. And um, as I mentioned, as the most trusted profession, um, we need to be at the forefront of uh, addressing this issue because it's it's not um, it, it's not just facing one uh, single population; it, it's all of us. And 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 this is, you know, this is our planet and we need to take care of it and, and address all the issues that um, are making us sick related to climate change. Yeah. And do you have um, ideas for what you would recommend to um, nurses or even community members or parents uh, in terms of what they can do about climate change? 
I think the the greatest impact that um, nurses and and the community in general can um, can start with is is just the awareness of it. Um, uh, like like I said, there there was that like aha moment at um, the national conference um, of nurses in that collective room, just uh, hearing uh, Katie Huffling discuss uh, climate change and its you know impact on um, on our health, and that that I think was was powerful because then all those nurses um, that were present then can take that information and and act on it within their own communities and rise up as leaders um, and and voices uh, for change. Yeah, it's, it's necessary, isn't it? Yeah. Awareness is not action, but you can't hardly have action if there's not awareness first. Yeah, we're, we're just, uh, I was just analyzing the results from the chant. I don't know if you know about the chant. It's the climate health and nursing tool. And I believe another one of your colleagues, um, Kathy Reiner from Colorado, uh, she's on the national board of the student nurses association. Mm -hmm. She will be, I believe going to ask the student nurses from around the country to take chant, uh, in 2020. And, um, it's a survey tool and we're trying to get nurses, um, around the world actually to take it annually. Mm -hmm. And then watch over time how, what are the different areas of awareness? Also, what are they seeing in their patients in terms of specific symptoms and events? What uh, motivates them to act and what demotivates them to act? What are they most concerned about? Um, where, do, where do they learn about it? Like, are they learning about it in school? So anyway, there's quite a, quite a set of questions. And so we're just analyzing the 2019 data right now and, um, there's a fair amount of the people that we've encountered so far, and, and really these are people who are interested in environmental health because we're just mm -hmm. kind of starting with who we know. But there's a, a, a fair amount of awareness of the problems, health-related problems. Um, there's variation in what people are seeing across the country in terms of symptoms and events. Um, people are, for the most part, highly motivated to act, and mm -hmm. I would say highly concerned. Um, but there are some barriers to to action and those have to do mostly with feeling overwhelmed, not really knowing where to start. Um, and then also I was surprised to read so far, and this is, this is like early results. We haven't published these yet, but um, surprised to read that um, it was in the 60 percentile of people that never contact their elected official. I mm -hmm. was surprised by that because I felt like, wow, this is an engaged group of nurses. They're people who are really concerned about this. They're, educated about it. So I think that is an opportunity that we have. I don't know if that's universal across the profession. I, I mean, we, I can't say that, of course, from this rather small sample of about 600 people. But even amongst them, I was surprised by that. So I, I think that's another thing that we can do that's easy, free, it doesn't require a lifestyle change, but it means reaching out to our leaders. I don't, right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And and looking at the um, the the chant survey, I, I would be interested to see the um, the analysis once you you publish um, to see how that it, it can how it can maybe gear us to using what your findings are um, in in addressing maybe projects or pushing projects for um, for the community. Um, that that would be interesting to see. Um, but I, I will definitely uh, share that survey. I, I hadn't heard of it. So thank you for mentioning it. I'll, I'll definitely share it with my students and colleagues. Great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's pretty interesting so far. I'll say what, what else would you like to say today, Gloria? 
I think the last thing um, that, that I would like to say is uh, that the pioneering public health nurse, Lillian Wald, uh, shared that the call to the nurse is not only for the bedside care of the sick, but to help in seeking out the deep lying basic causes of illness and misery. Um, so that was shared about 85 years ago, and it is still very relevant today. Um, and I, I believe that the, the basic um, causes of illness and misery right now, the deep lying uh, issue is um, climate change. And uh, for all nurses listening um, and for all those interested, uh, please join Annie and, um, and join our work um, in, in addressing this issue. Yeah, that's very well said. Thank you for, for reminding me and the listeners about Lillian Wald. And thank heavens we've had these bright lights in our past, uh, even all the way back to Florence Nightingale. And, and as you mentioned in the beginning, this is the year of the nurse and the nurse midwife and also the 200th anniversary of Florence Nightingale. And it just speaks to this long-term profession that has enjoyed, um, as you said, being the most trusted voice, being effective in the way we communicate, and having access. We we have so much access to people around the world. When we I've been working again on the chant, we're we are uh, aiming at the four million nurses in the U.S. and about thirty million around the world. So the more that we can do to help raise awareness amongst nurses alone uh, because we are influential in our communities that has a lot of power it does thank you yes well thank you so much gloria and um it's been nice talking to you today and i'm glad you're involved in this work and um anything else you'd like to add no um just thank you so much for having me um i look forward to um, our continued collaboration terrific thanks Gloria Barrera for being on the podcast and more importantly for the fabulous work she is doing to impact school nursing and help our communities build resilience in the face of climate change. And thank you all for listening today. This and other episodes of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast can be found at envirn.org. And please leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time.